Welcome back to Payday, the first podcast for global payroll professionals. I'm your host, David Barak. Today, I'm joined by Pete Tiliakos of Nelson Hall. Pete's recently published a new report on the global payroll services market, and he's here today to share some of his findings. I personally think that what we're going to see over time, and it won't happen tomorrow, it probably won't happen maybe even in three years, I think eventually you're going to see the pay cycle break down to where it's going to be irrelevant, both from the continuous calculation capabilities we're seeing, the automation that we're seeing. But now with something like on-demand pay, it doesn't matter when payday is. You know, I can tap into that as an, as an employer and employer, give that option to my employees to, to help them out both you know, not just from a financial wellness perspective, but just to give them more of that transparency that we've talked about and control over their earnings and their compensation. This is part two of my conversation with Pete Tiliakos of Nelson Hall. When you and I talked maybe three or four years ago, there was this idea to regionalize all of your operations. You know, you do want to consolidate vendors, but you want to maintain kind of regional centers of excellence and maybe diversify, you know, kind of avoid putting all of your risk into a single vendor. So you had a lot of regional strategies. Are you seeing coming out of the pandemic more of a push towards a global solution and a global landscape around payroll, payroll data, payroll compliance? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you see um, a lot of vendors now, or excuse me, a lot of firms now are, are, are achieving a single vendor solution where maybe before they had to have 10 to do what they needed to do. Um, yeah, you certainly still see, there are firms that will, will probably embrace and stay with, you know, regional models for, for one reason or the other. But what I think we're seeing more of in the pipelines across vendors is a managed services is absolutely booming, right? More firms are, you know, when we talked about the 85% that said they need help with transformation, um, mm-hmm. they can't do it alone, right? They, they understand they can't do it alone. We even broke down some of the segments of that, like the deployment and the, the vendor selection. Um, and in all cases, you know, they said, yes, we need help. And so I think that 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 sign of we need help is really pushing firms to say, hey, maybe we need to go look at managed services. And so what we're seeing is full pipelines across managed service providers, especially multi-country. It's really again, mm-hmm. the consolidation, um, the modernization, all of that, I think, has really bubbled up. But also, interestingly, I think we saw a lot more fully managed this year than we did in the past. Um, although interestingly, firms like yourselves uh, and, and others are getting a little bit more relaxed in how they will let the companies come on to those solutions, breaking it down such that there's more partial options to incrementally add and mm-hmm. grow. And I think that's great because on the one hand, not everyone is ready to fully outsource. Maybe, um, like we said, every company is different. They're on a different path. They're going to have different calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so where they where they can't, they can adopt portions, right? Maybe maybe it's an application management at first, and then it, it progresses from there to, to garnishments or something or treasury and then onward. Um, and I think that that's making, you know, the flexibility is giving buyers an opportunity to pick and choose how they how they do this to best fit their moment and their situation. But I think you do see more and more firms achieving a global payroll um, uh, consolidation where they are getting down to one vendor through a single solution, you know, obviously integrated to the, to the, to the portions and, and places that they need it to be to cover their unique footprint. But yeah, absolutely. We, we definitely see a lot more um, of the global deals coming about uh, than maybe we did in the past. You talked a little bit about some of the adoption drivers that are probably here to stay and some of the reasons that some organizations may want to start to consolidate globally. Mm-hmm. But do you think there's 
cultural readiness within organizations to start to centralize these functions, um, especially in organizations that span so many different cultures, so many different regions. So do you think they're culturally prepared to relinquish some of that control to a central governing body? Yeah, that, that's a good good question. I mean, I think I think there's still a lot of opportunity um, in the space for change management, right? That payroll payroll providers are not change management experts typically. I obviously know global payroll very well and and can support that, but right, and and a lot of firms don't do that well, and they don't really even consider that as part of sometimes their their planning, which which can be dangerous because you you know if you put in a really modern solution and everything's perfect, so to speak. If you don't really make changes around that and you don't adopt that, you're just not going to get the output of, 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 of improvement that you, you might have thought. You're not going to transform nearly the way you, way you thought you were. We see it all the time, mm-hmm. right? That it, we'll see it. A good example of that is firms will put in the latest HCM and then we'll start to unpack little things and then we'll find out, well, we didn't really adopt mobile. We didn't really do this. And then it's like, well, yeah, well, that's why you didn't get the results that you were looking for, because you just didn't fundamentally adopt uh, what I would call a diet around. It's, it's like a diet, right? It's almost like a lifestyle diet. You have to say, hey, I'm changing in this way. Well, to do that, I have to have to really change my habits. And, and maybe that means doing things differently than you've than you've done it in the past. Um, you know, when you look at that regional versus global thing, I think that's a case by case when you talk to different firms. Again, going back to the culture. You know, oftentimes when you get into these situations where a, a firm has a region that's fighting to keep keep their uh, solution in play the way it is and, and don't want to globally consolidate, it's often sort of a power grab, right? Like, I don't want you to take away my organization. I won't have relevance. I won't be important to the company anymore. All of that sort of comes into play. Um, you know, I, an executive once told me early in my career, he said, you know, we're, we're in HRO. I, I, I've been in HRO pretty much um, my entire career. Uh, he mm-hmm. said to me one time, you know, you're, you're, you're in HR outsourcing, we're selling uh, Thanksgiving to turkeys, right? We have to convince people <laughs> who will fundamentally potentially be reduced to, to buy into an idea um, that, that they might not be a part of. Uh, and so it's hard. And, and I understand that. I, I, think, I think managed service providers understand that. But I think it's important to understand what the benefit is of that global consolidation, how, how much better it can be than going with maybe fragmented regional solutions. Um, and, and ultimately, as we've talked, all of these things are going to help payroll to pivot to new, more important, more strategic, more impactful uh, roles. And hopefully those those um, uh, practitioners can can see that for the long term and ultimately, you know, help help motivate that. And uh, MP, I, th- I think just just moving from there to the actual vendor landscape, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's been a lot of vendor consolidation in the space and with, without calling any particular vendors out, it's been interesting to see the driver for that. Mm-hmm. And, and it hasn't always been, you know, a result of financial strain from the pandemic. It's, it seems like there's a different driver for some of the global payroll and H- HCM and payroll consolidation. Um, how do you see that? Um, playing out? What do, you, what do you see as the kind of the motivation behind some of that? Yeah, well, I, I think it's, uh, I think what you're seeing is obviously many of the firms um, uh, that have made some, some acquisitions or consolidations have really been supplementing their capabilities, fundamentally bringing in more global capability to support a, a push to international markets. So, you know, you've seen some of the HCMs really build out their payroll capability through acquisition, you've seen mm-hmm. some different consolidation here and there with different providers over the last few years. And again, I think it's I think it's providers looking at their demand and looking at their landscape and saying, "Hey, we've got a gap here. Let's 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 add this capability here um, to to fill that fill that white space and be more competitive." 
Um, but I think it's also the fact that you're seeing more of an international draw for companies, right, of every size. I mean, even even smaller firms, uh, I think they said about, about I think it was about 37 percent in our report said we will be operating in another country, an additional country in the next mm -hmm. year, right? Yeah. So, and that's that's everything, right? That's everything from 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 firms saying, "Hey, we want to test these markets to to to, uh, to for growth reasons," or if it's if it's now the the, the fact that we can tap into talent anywhere in the world, um, that's mm -hmm. becoming a, a big deal, right? The whole work from um, home has become work from anywhere, which is creating a whole new set of uh, of issues and angst for companies that maybe didn't have employees in places uh, before that they that they do now. Um, so I think all of that globalization, if you will, is pulling many footprints into new places. It's creating a lot of compliance concern. It's creating a lot of, of questions for how do we do this the right way? Um, and I think that's where you're seeing more and more of the, of the platforms and, and more and more of the vendors are, are, are rounding out their solutions and filling gaps to, to accommodate those regions and that, that demand. Yeah. And I think, you know, whether it's sourcing talent broadly or just having a broader footprint uh, globally one of the things you call out in the report is just the the growth rate of the multi-country payroll mm -hmm. space versus the single country space so do you see vendors going broader geographically over the next couple of years instead of going kind of deeper in a particular region around the services they offer how, how do you see that playing out yeah, I think that really depends on the vendor. Um, you know, it depends on what they're targeting, right? I mean, it, most seem to start in a region and then grow, uh, grow from there in a lot of ways. Some, some come right out, aggregators, for example, uh, able to sort of uh, support a wide range. Um, but yeah, I, I think it could continue. It, it just depends on the vendor. It depends on what their uh, model is like and what they're trying to fill and what their customers are asking them for. Um, it's interesting to see how you know, demand is pulling vendors into different places and how those solutions are shaping in that way. So I think it, I think it will continue, especially as you're getting more globalization. Um, I think you're going to see um, certain regions heating up that, that maybe uh, were a little quiet. I think Latin America is one. Um, we're seeing a lot more of the cloud HR firms pushing down there, uh, setting mm -hmm. up offices yeah. now. So I think you're going to see a lot more and they're coming back around too slowly from the, from the pandemic, uh, just like all of us are kind of reemerging a little bit. Um, and I think Asia Pac as well is another one where there's where there's a big push. So these this is where we've been seeing a lot more partnerships, uh, a lot more um, acquisitions or, or thought process around. Hey, how do we fill a gap here or there uh, as we as we move ahead? Yeah, and you're also starting to see payroll organizations kind of extending further into the payment space, right? Yeah. Whether it's digital payments or money movement, that's that's really been interesting. One of the things you do in your report, Pete, is you really define almost three different types of vendors in the market right now. Can you can you talk a little bit about that and and how you see each one of those catering to different buyer needs? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think there's there's three core provider types right now, and they bifurcate a little bit at, at multi-country and single country, but, but let me explain. So, so I would say you probably have now your, your HCM technology providers who will typically support uh, their HCM adopters with a single country, at least typically home country, and then maybe a couple of other countries uh, natively within mm -hmm. their solution. You have your pure play payroll providers who are uh, typically offering some native capability plus maybe some integrated capabilities to offer, but they only fundamentally focus on payroll, whether that's single country, regionally, or or multi-country global. Um, and then lastly, you have your HRO providers, the broader sort of um, multi-process HROs where you can get payroll plus other other things with it. So I think each of those play a different type of role in 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 your buying decision or 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 
uh, a company's buying decision. Um, obviously, it would be great if we could all get payroll and HR and everything packaged up into one solution. But the reality of that is, is globally speaking, that's that's often not going to be the case, uh, as we all know. So your HCM tech vi uh, providers are commonly catering to their own subscribers, right? Offering sort of back-end managed services uh, as a compliance um, option to help them uh, maintain compliance and, and have a rounded out whole solution, right? Um, your payroll providers, again, they're either going to be single country, regional, or or sort of uh, multi-country. Um, and then again, those kind of um, depend on, you know, what you're really looking to solve. You know, if you're only operating in one region and you're, you're, you have no intent or, you, you know, you're not going to grow beyond that, that might be sufficient for that time. But then obviously those multi-country providers are going to come to the table with a hundred plus uh, country capability, um, you know, nice uh, aggregator or, or at least consolidated platforms to sit on top of that and really harmonize the experience for all of your payroll data globally and bring you to a point of, of, of one solution, if you will. And then of course your HRO mm -hmm. providers are going to kind of go between sort of providing you with software and helping you operate certain towers of HR with payroll or just payroll alone, um, or they can even operate your own system. So maybe you've invested in a major HCM platform. There are providers, some of those HRO providers who will operate that investment uh, and manage payroll for you, leveraging your tools. So it's really kind of a flavor for what your, your firm, where they are in the transformation journey, what sort of uh, investments they've made and what they want to kind of, um, you know, continue to either mm -hmm. connect into or, or leverage. And so I think it gives, it gives buyers a lot of options to sort of solve the problem of payroll, um, both, you know, regionally or globally, depending upon how they, uh, how they see that. And I do wonder the, one of the gaps you've identified in the report is this change management gap. So 94% of buyers need help with transformation. Who do you see filling that transformation gap? Is it the payroll vendors? Is it the advisory firms or, you know, is it the buyers themselves? Who do you see moving in to fill that gap? Yeah, that, that, this is tricky because I think one of the things that we we always see in HR outsourcing and especially transformation is just sometimes the change management gets gets overlooked, right? It gets cut out. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest with you, I in my career, I don't think I've worked with a firm either in HR outsourcing or consulting that raised their hand and said, hey, we're really good at change management. We're, we're, we have a change management expertise team, right? It just it just isn't there. And so. Um, it, it's normally a, a, a group of people within the organization brought together to figure it out. And so that cannot be, that can be very dangerous. And if you don't get it right, you can obviously, and I'm not going to say you're going to fail, but you're not going to get the full value out of the squeeze, right? You're, you're, you're going to put in, but you're not going to get out exactly what your, your ROI that you might've expected. So one of the things that's concerning though, is that I think a lot of firms are, are not only coming to the table without that change management plan. And, and preparing for that, right? And, and, and helping the firm to navigate that. But they're also coming to the table without really a clear strategy in a lot of cases, which I think mm -hmm. is putting the vendor and the buyer in a bad position right out of the box, right? If you don't know right. where, you're, where you're headed, now the, now the payroll per, uh, provider has to, has to provide that. So I think, I think you're seeing, it's why you've seen a little bit more consulting coming into play um, by the payroll providers really bringing in, you know, options to help maybe do some upfront advisory to give them some best practice guidance. But it never hurts if you're the type of organization that is going to undergo a, a huge change management effort to bring in a third party that can help with that. And I think that that's a win right now for, for those firms that are offering those capabilities because they are able to, you know, come in and hopefully partner with the payroll providers and help with that, with that change management element. It's, it's just so critical. I, you can't, 
you, you just can't put these things in and walk away, right? It has to really yeah. be communicated and trained and people have to be able to um, hit the ground running the day, the first day. You know, if you don't, it's it's already behind the behind the ball, and and you're going to have to sort of, you know, what's that thing about um, trust being earned in 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 drops, but uh, lost in buckets, right? It's the same thing with the user experience. You know, if you roll out something new and you really don't position it well, and you don't put it in a way that it's going to be successful, it's not, and and, and you're not going to have people engage with it. So, I think that's a very very critical part. Yeah, and I, I think you called it out to me uh, earlier on in our conversation that you know, change management is really a lifestyle like a diet, you just yeah. have to have to maintain it. Yeah. Transformation is you have to kind of, you have to really, you have to make some changes with it. You can't just buy the new thing and put it in and think, well, I'm transformed. <laughs> um, so Pete, I, I want to come back to one of the topics we actually started this conversation with, which is some of the things that's driving innovation, some of the, uh, some of the elements that are really employee driven. And I think the market's done a good job quickly pivoting to try to meet this need, which is the earned wage access or the on-demand pay, you know, it goes by a few different names. How are vendors adopting to buyers and driving innovation around this right now? Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, we saw th this trending before we ever got to COVID, right? On-demand pay was really kind of picking up, especially in North America, where there's a, there, there are um, a lot of social sort of uh, issues with uh, wage disparities and 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 savings mm -hmm. and earnings and all of those sorts of things, um, and you've got a lot of the, the millennials that are remaining unbanked and and there's just a lot of uh, issues with that, right? And it's and 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 also you've got the focus on wellness, right, within the organization, really caring for the employee. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think we've talked about you know HR and payroll getting so much more human, right? We're, we're trying to engage on a more human level with people. Uh, and try to support them at, at every aspect of their of their lives as best as possible. And so I think you're seeing more and more tools like this, but also just the whole, you know, we talked about digital payments earlier about how that trend is is going. I mean, we're all using our phones now to pay for things. You know, I, I don't know how many times a week someone will say, you know, if, I, if I'm with a friend or something and, I'm, and I owe them 50 bucks or something for something we did, you know, hey, do you, you have Venmo? And it's like, I don't have Venmo or whatever. But But fundamentally, I think these things are just becoming the norm. And so Things like earned wage access um, for payroll has fundamentally become a standard. I noticed that across all of the offerings we looked at this year. I don't think there was a vendor we talked to that didn't have at least a partner, if not uh, a native solution or working on a native solution. And it, it's just so critical. And I and I think the reason is, is again, the financial wellness element, mm -hmm. but also think about COVID, right? How hard it was to move money. That's a great outlet. That's a great method for doing that. And I personally think that what we're going to see over time, and it won't happen tomorrow, it probably won't happen maybe even in three years. I think eventually you're going to see the pay cycle break down to where it's going to be irrelevant, mm -hmm. both from the continuous calculation capabilities we're seeing, the automation that we're seeing, but now with something like on-demand pay, it doesn't matter when payday is. Um, you know, I can tap into that as an as an employer, an employer, um, and give that you know give that option to to my employees to to help them out both you know not just from a financial wellness perspective, but just to give them more of that transparency that we've talked about and control over their earnings and their compensation um, that I think is just going to be really critical. You know, we've even seen. I, I was watching uh, something the other day. We saw a firm. Uh, that was impacted by the um, storms in Texas that used on-demand pay to shuttle the money to their employees where they couldn't get the uh, checks FedEx or whatever mm -hmm. it was. They had a large population of check um, uh, live check adopters. And so um, that's fantastic. That's exactly what digital on-demand solutions are for, right? Is for those moments, but also for proactive moments as well. And I think uh, 
you know, you, you just talked about the payroll cycle breaking down and, and we're already starting to, when, when we're having conversations around this with, yeah. with buyers, that they're starting to think about a new level of flexibility coming to the payroll cycle, an opportunity mm -hmm. to even mm -hmm. harmonize, to say, you know what, maybe instead of running this weekly or semi-monthly, maybe we can run it monthly and just use that to, you know, make our tax payments and social security payments, whatever, yeah. whatever statutory body payments you need to make but the employee still has that flexibility for the earned wage access. But as a former payroll practitioner, if you hear the words, the payroll cycle is going to break down, how does that make you feel? If you were doing that right now, does, it, does that give you a little bit of angst? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I, and I've seen this a lot in rooms where I've seen things announced uh, about digital wallets and such, and you always see the payroll practitioners recoil a little bit, right? They're like, wait a minute, on demand this, hold on. You know, what about, what about same day tax uh, deposits? What about this? And the reality of it is, is that, you know, once you unpack these things, it, it really is very compliant. It is very, very positive. It's not a loan to employees. Uh, if it's done properly, mm -hmm. there are solutions. There are that solutions that, that do it as a loan, uh, I think, right? And some days yeah. And I would avoid, I would, I would recommend avoiding those solutions. Yeah, yeah. You, you definitely want your employer integrated solutions uh, to, to be key. And I think you, um, you know, I think you have to look at it as more than just a payroll outlet or mechanism, right? It's, it's not just a pay movement mechanism. It's also a benefit, right? We've seen a number of firms achieve like just increased retention, uh, increased referrals, um, increased employee engagement, just a number of different talent related impacts from, from using the solution that I think, um, you know, just val revalidates the fact that it's just the type of thing that's here to stay. Um, and I think we're going to continue to see it growing outside the U.S. a bit more quickly over the next few years, just as it has uh, here. And I think speaking about the dynamism this brings into the payroll space, we, we talked about a little bit earlier, you know, your typical accuracy and timeliness metrics aren't really the metric that you focus on with on-demand pay, right? It's just some of these things you mentioned. It's absenteeism, it's yeah. uh, productivity, it's uh, retention, it's even your ability to recruit and your brand reputation. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really a whole different set of metrics that payroll practitioners can get excited about. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. I was actually talking to a, uh, I can't remember if they, I think they were in a college town. It was like a, it was like a uh, food service, a bar or a restaurant or something. Mm -hmm. And they were telling me that, you know, they said, look, in our little community, you know, in most college towns, right, you got a lot of sort of things like that. And, and many of the students were working obviously in those, in those roles. And they said, look, we can, we can, you know, you can compete on everything from a dollar per hour or whatever it was. Um, and, and that's one thing, but with this, they're like, we can draw people that'll come and work for us. We've got employees that have come just for this. Um, mm -hmm. So I think there's, it's a competitive advantage for, for those that have it right now. And, and, and I think at the end of the day, it's just, just going to become what you do in payroll. I think it's going to become the standard long-term. Yeah, and it's really starting to blur the lines, right? You usually had HR focus on employee experience. Now, yeah. so is payroll, right? In the in the yeah. in certain organizations, payroll. Now, so do you see that blurring of the lines in division, the sectors and in the vendors and in the market right now? Are you, are, are you seeing that um, kind of picking up speed? If you're looking at HR transformation, you have to think of payroll in, as part of that. It's not, you know, I, I, I worked in a lot of HR deals back in the, uh, you know, back in the legacy days where payroll always got carved off. You know, it was like, well, we'll just worry about that later for whatever reason. And often it was because it was good enough. Uh, and let's, you know, don't don't fix what isn't broken. Um, but now I think those things are converging together for that for that very reason, that the employee experience has to be a very tight, seamless lockstep thing between payroll, HR and all of the bits, uh, uh, you know, even, even the facilities and administration, those things have to work well in concert uh, with the employee as well in, in, in their environment so that it all, it all is 
what it is, right? You have your, your, your laptop on your first day, your, your logins all work. I mean, it goes beyond even, even just the, the functional aspects of HR and payroll. I think just that whole employee experience is, is, is really important for every piece that it touches in the organization. Yeah. And it's one of those things that could actually have impact on the first day, right? You, you have a lot of new starters who actually don't get their, you know, they skip a pay cycle because they didn't get into payroll cutoff date was, you know, a day before right. they started. So now all of a sudden they have access to money, especially you think about these monthly payroll cycles, you might have an employee starts on the 25th of month, who's not going to get paid, you know, for 35, 36 days in your current paradigm, but bring on demand pay in. And all of a sudden you, you yeah. started a really good relationship with that employee. Well, you know, what's interesting that you bring that up, you know, how many times in your career have you accepted a job and you, and they always tell you that your, your start date is always based on a payroll start, right? Yeah, you're right. Right. That's, that's practice, right. It's always that way. Why, why does that have to be that? That's, I mean, I get it. I I'm a practitioner. I, I understand it's clean. It's a lot less manual work for payroll, but it shouldn't have to be that way. It, it, it really, you should be able, you, you want to get that talent in the door as, as quickly as you've identified them. If you realize they're the fit and, I, and if you have to wait because your pay cycle. One of the things that's really interesting to me is seeing how payroll vendors have started to adopt new capabilities in response to what the market's asking of them. So what are some of the new services or even technologies that uh, you're starting to see traditional payroll vendors start to offer to buyers? Yeah, absolutely. So I'd, I'd say there, there's a few, you know, on, on the global multi-country side, we're definitely seeing uh, the uptick in the treasury and funding uh, capabilities. Firms need to be able to, again, move money to, to, to folks. And, and when they're operating in, in, in places that they're not used to uh, or they're new to, it's, it's difficult, right? And so that, that whole piece has really come in. We've seen uh, a lot of, uh, of the managed service providers bringing that on, online or, or planning to bring that online. So there's, there's a, definitely a strong demand for that. Um, we also see more of a demand for workforce management technology getting integrated with payroll. Um, I think as you're seeing, you know, just like we've talked about all the innovations in the payroll side, on the build to growth side, where we all know that's where the heavy lift often is for some firms in their payroll, um, you know, the workforce management innovations that have come online are really, really progressing things to help there. And I think you're seeing uh, a bit more partnering more so than, than maybe development uh, by the providers, bringing in a partner that can help them uh, accommodate that as someone needs, as, as a firm needs that. And then I'd say the other thing is, and we touched on this maybe a little bit during today was just the global mobility piece, right? The fact that a lot of firms uh, are having employees, you know, they're hiring people in new places, they're hiring people in other uh, countries where they weren't before, they're dipping into those new countries um, and they're needing help, right? With compliance and advisory about how to go about that. So that that's huge. Um, and then of course, just earn wage access is on fire. We've seen that just blow up in North America. Um, it's absolutely getting uh, more and more intense. I think uh, in Asia Pac and even even in Europe, we're seeing that a bit more. Um, you know, just the fundamental ability to provide an on-demand, uh, a very modern digital on-demand capability that has a digital payment solution to it, um, but also just all of those uh, capabilities around money movement and, and and just enabling employees with more transparency. I think is is really big, and we're seeing that uh, come online for for every vendor in the market. Yeah, and I think it's also been really interesting. You know, CloudPay, we traditionally offer just payroll. We've expanded and started offering yeah. treasury services, and now we, we're getting into a couple of other exciting spaces. But um, the financial literacy required of the mm -hmm. payroll practitioners also really skyrocketed as well. Now you've got to be able to understand when to bring in your treasury team. What, what does effects rate mean? And what does that mean in terms of what money you're giving mm -hmm. away and maybe you're not? Um, so, so I think it's really also created opportunities for the payroll practitioner 
kind of expand their scope yeah. of influence and understanding. Yeah, it just makes sense. I think I think rounding out the solution all the way to the funding point um, is really, really, uh, you know, key, especially when you're talking about, you know, 20, 30 different countries, it can get very, very complicated fast. I hope you come back to talk to us about that. That sounds like an exciting, uh, you know, research agenda. Um, and again, thanks so much for being on the Payday Podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Payday Podcast. I'm your host, David Barak, and this show is a product of CloudPay and our incredible team. To listen to more episodes, look for us wherever you get your podcasts or visit us on cloudpay.net.